Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am, I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into a Locked On crossover show, Locked On Auburn, Locked On SEC. I'm Zach Blackerby, uh, joined by Chris Gordy. How are you, my friend? I'm good, Zach. I'm busy. It's a busy time of year, but uh, man, it's uh, this is the time of year where we start to get the stupid playoff rankings and we start to decide... Uh, that games don't matter anymore and it gets stupid because I still care about the SEC and I still care about tons of other college football games, even if you don't, stupid playoff committee. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, I mean, Alabama, too, obviously that had – well, the Auburn fan base was a little split, right? Some of them, I think, looked at it and was like, this could be a good thing for Auburn because you get a chance to play number two at the end of the season and, you know, kind of strengthen things, you know, because Auburn is kind of in the mindset, like, if we went out, we can go to this thing. It's like, yeah, that's that's probably true. Uh, and then there's the other side of, oh, the Bama bump. Everything is all about Alabama. It doesn't matter what they do. The, you know, everybody's trying to get Alabama into the postseason. But um, I think both of those things can be true to some extent. But, yeah, it was kind of split down the middle. That That's kind of been the biggest talking point that I've heard around town today. Yeah, it, it's a little silly because, I don't know, I'm – you know, I, I I get a little fatigued. Like, I'm, there's a there's an aspect where I respect Nick Saban and the dynasty and the Alabama. You know, this run that they have had, but also I host the Locked On SEC podcast, where 13 <laughs> other fan bases don't give a damn about Alabama and hope they lose and want bad things to happen for them. But right. I feel like we've become so victim to just saying every year, "Oh, Alabama, they're just dominant and they're one of the four best teams." Talent wise, sure, but. If we're just going to base this thing off talent-wise, and you know, I hear these idiots say every year, oh, yeah, well, I mean, Alabama's clearly one of the four best teams. Well, yeah, they have the number one recruiting class every year. Mm -hmm. They're always going to be one of the four best teams. But the resume should matter. You, the games, the results matter. Wins, losses, all of that. So Alabama lost to Texas A&M in College Station. It was a close loss, but it was a loss, and it, it should hurt them. And an undefeated Cincinnati and some of these other teams, like, I just think they should get the benefit of the doubt, at least right now. Alabama will have a chance to improve their resume. And if Auburn, like you said, keeps winning and the last week of the season, Auburn is a top, let's say they sneak into the top 10 and Bama beats them convincingly, then yes, Alabama should move up. But right now, I just didn't feel like Alabama has anything on their resume that says they should be the number two team in the college football playoff rankings. It's all arbitrary. It doesn't matter. Sure. I, you know, they, they say they'll change these things week in and week out or whatever, but I just feel like so often they make excuses for them and it's like man are, are these guys just trying to kiss Saban's ass are they trying to get on his Christmas card list like what's the deal that they can never fault Alabama for anything it's crazy oh I get it I get it you know um I don't know there's all the conspiracies but you know so in the SEC and really in across the landscape of college football it's one and two and maybe you don't want to put two there maybe it's just Georgia that a big drop off but the next highest ranked team is Auburn and I think that's something that that Auburn fans should be focusing on more than Alabama at number two. It's, hey, Auburn fans, your team is way ahead of schedule. They uh, they really took care of business against an Ole Miss team that, if you would have asked me a few weeks ago, they had no business beating them. And you you got a chance to beat a, a really good A&M team and find yourself in the top 10 a week from now. That's That, I think, should be the focus of a, of a lot of people listening to this show. Yeah, and not just that, you know, it's Bo Nix performing well. 
It's like Bigsby in the run game starting to look better. I know you and I talked yeah. what, about a week or two ago, and you had some concerns about the run game just being inconsistent. They they obviously couldn't run the ball against Georgia. Nobody does. Uh, did find the end zone. That was you know a plus. But sure. uh, against Arkansas, you know the run game was inconsistent. So it was good to see them run the ball against Ole Miss. Granted, Ole Miss has one of the weaker defenses in the SEC, but they're improved from where they were a year ago. Um, they're going to have their work cut out for them against Mike Elko this week. Um, Mike Elko is a great defensive coordinator. I don't think he's for long in College Station. I think he's going to be getting a head coaching job very soon. Could happen as soon as this offseason, but uh, it's going to be an interesting test. But, man, on the flip side, I love what Derek Mason's been doing defensively with Auburn in recent weeks. I think they're going to have a good plan. It's got to start with trying to slow down the run for A&M up front. Uh, Spiller and A-Chain, those guys are so good at running the football. But Calzada, man, he's shown – he, he has had the run of good play at quarterback, but he's shown some chinks in the armor where uh, he's made some mistakes. So if Auburn could capitalize, Roger McCurry, I know it was just, you know, seeing his name on all these yeah. uh, end-of-season watch lists and all that, man, if they can get some picks on Calzada, I think Auburn will be in business. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. And uh, any ch- if you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to flash a picture of a Calzone every time we say Calzada because – I'm immature, and I think it's hilarious. So there you go. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. I think if you can make this A&M offense one-dimensional, I think Auburn can win this game. I was talking with some folks yesterday that, that cover the Tigers on Locked on Auburn, and they were saying Auburn's going to need to score 30. And I, I, just, I disagreed with that. How do you think the flow of this game's going to go? I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game in this one, Chris. Yeah, I think that's what Auburn wants and and needs to happen. Um, yeah, if this thing gets into a shootout, I, I don't know. I mean, it, Auburn's at their best when they're balanced, when they're able to run the ball and 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 Bo Nix is throwing the football and coming off of uh, you know having short yardage and and not having first and fifteens and second and twelves and things like that. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think uh, I think whoever can run the ball, run clock play keep away this, this one might end i mean it's a cbs game which is normally four hours but this one might be a three hour 20 minute game because if both teams are able to do what they want to do that's run the football it's going to run eat up a lot of clock and yeah i could see something like a 23 20 type game i'm right there with like you that. yeah yeah I think you are starting to see Mike Bobo, Auburn offensive coordinator, be a little bit more okay with with defenses stacking the box and saying, hey, Bo Nix is is getting better and better as the season goes on. The receivers are helping him out even more. They're finding ways to get open. Uh, The the catch issue seemed to be fixed for the last few weeks anyway. That was an issue earlier in the season, but ever since they made that change uh, at Auburn's uh, wide receivers coach. That's been that's been uh, a trend in the positive direction. So, I don't know. I, I think Auburn has the edge in this one as far as what they've done so far to this year. But, Gordy, I'd love your thoughts on this. I've been in the camp of what they've done so far. Talking about A&M here. What they've done. Like, the, the Alabama game, to me, seems a bit like the outlier and all of this, yeah. like, I don't think that's who they are. Alabama had two turnovers in the red zone. AM had two special teams touchdowns, if I remember that game correctly. Like, a lot had to go their way for that to happen. And I just don't see that happening multiple times this season. And obviously, if Auburn turns it over multiple times in the red zone and AM scores two special teams touchdowns, like, AM will win the football game. I think we all agree on that. But 
I just don't see that happening on Saturday. I don't think that's something you could really predict. Yeah, I like um, uh, you. You were just talking special teams. I, lo- I love uh, Pritchett for uh, for Auburn. I, th- I think that guy could be a a difference maker. Uh, you know, possibly if special teams plays a big factor this sure. week. Um, and we're talking about turnovers. Jalen uh, Jalen Simpson uh, with the big pick last week, but. I'm with you. Like I have a, a buddy who's an AM fan and he's pounding his chest saying, Oh man, three in a row. We look great and all this. And he had to be quickly reminded, dude, you beat Missouri and South Carolina the last two games. Like the Alabama win is great. Mm-hmm. And that snapped your losses to, to Arkansas and Mississippi state. And you're all proud, but let's be real about who you've played. Missouri and South Carolina both stink. Mm-hmm. So you're going about to play a real good football team in, in Auburn this week. And, you know, I was just talking about some of the, the postseason or, you know, the, the watch list for everything. What about the one for best assistant coach? I think Mike Bobo's name absolutely should be in that conversation. And if you'd have told me that a few weeks ago, I would have said you're crazy. But the game plans <laughs> yeah. and what he's had the last couple of weeks and how Bo Nix has looked so good, man, he's working wonders. It looks, I mean, the offense looks a little bit different every game and it adapts to whatever is best for the game plan which is weird because Auburn fans are used to, you know, running the same seven plays right. for eight years. You know what I mean? And so it's been cool to see that, and it's been nice. And so I still don't know exactly what they need to do to attack a and I mean, a and going to have the best, um, I think, the best offensive line, second-best defensive line they faced all season. If you want to say Georgia had the best offensive line that they faced all season, I'm fine with that. But top two in the trenches. And I think that's the weakness of this Auburn team. I think when they play teams that are going to be really good uh, on the offensive and defensive line, I think Auburn has a is going to have a tough battle there. And that's definitely a mismatch. But I think Auburn's quarterback play is better. I think Auburn's offense as a whole is better. And I think Auburn's second-half defense is better. But the trenches, Gordy, that's something I'm a little concerned about for the Auburn Tigers on Saturday. Well, coming into the season, offensive line was such a major concern for us with Auburn, and yeah. we didn't know what they were gonna what they were gonna look like. And I think for the most part, they've done a pretty good job, especially in the past couple of weeks. Sure. On the de- on the defensive line, they've had their moments. I mean, nobody really got loose for Ole Miss last week. I think their longest rush was like 11, 13 yards, something like that. So the running backs, they they mostly kept them in check. Now Ole Miss comes at you with the three headed monster. It's it's Parrish, it's Snoop Connor, it's right. Jerry and Ely, and and then uh, Matt Corral's talking and running it. So it's a little bit different. AM's coming at you with the traditional, I mean, they're, they're coming downhill runners with Isaiah Spiller and then A. Shane. He wants to get to the outside and bust the big play down the field. So you're going to have to be a little bit more um, disciplined, I guess, in, in, in uh, minding your gaps, playing up to the line, and then watch. That's when Kelzada goes play action pass and, and tries to hit you over the top. But, um, yeah, sorry. The uh, the interesting thing about Auburn's offense, though, just kind of watching it the last couple of weeks, I don't know why this feels like a trend, but it feels like every time – doesn't it feel like every time Demetrius Robertson catches a pass, he's on the sideline, like, tippy-toe, like, catching, just catching and then steps out of bounds? Yeah. Like, I feel like that's almost like an automatic 10-yard play. Anytime they want to go to Demetrius Robertson, he's always there. Um, sure, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, I just wish, man, if they had had at least one of those receivers left over from last year, I feel like this offense would be so much more dynamic, and they could stretch the field and and more of that big play. Like, I think that's the one thing, you know, you, you've got Tank Bigsby; he'll break off big runs and and, mm-hmm. and what the twenty six yarder last week. 
but like you just wish you had that game breaker that could take the top off the defense and, and really get you a, a huge play. It would just make this Auburn offense so much better. Yeah, and I don't know if they wanted Robertson to become that guy in the transfer portal because they weren't too aggressive, it seems, in going after wide receivers. It almost seemed like they were good with the guys that they had. I think Kobe Hudson has a ton of upside. I mean, I think he's shown, you know, being a former quarterback and, you know, being a natural wide receiver. I think that's something that that Auburn fans are hopeful for. But still, every now and then, just when you think he's turned the corner, he'll drop the football. He had that, what could have been a really costly fumble, uh, you know, late against Ole Miss. Unfortunately, the Auburn defense held strong there. But he's just a guy that you, you expected him to be a little bit more effective downfield, but he's kind of done a little bit of that Eli Stove role where, you know, just get him involved and hope he can kind of make a play after the catch. And he's done it for the most part. But as far as stretching the defense, like you're talking about, they don't really have that guy. And, you know, I don't I don't know. Unless they go to the transfer portal, I don't think they'll have that guy next year either. Unless, you know, Malcolm Johnson Jr., who's extremely fast. Um, a lot of people thought he'd see the field a little bit more. But, I don't know. He's been nowhere to be seen as of late. So, oh, well. That's all right. Zach, yeah, Blackerby, and, yeah, go ahead, man. No, I was just going to say, I just think, I, I worry about A&M secondary. Is pro- this is probably the best A&M secondary they've had since they've been in the SEC. I, I mean, that was always a weak point on those Sumlin teams and all that, but sure. they've done a good job of recruiting. And, um, you know, the, De- Damani Richardson at safety has been really good. Le- yeah. uh, Leon O'Neal, uh, all these guys, they're, they're really good in the secondary. So Bo Nix cannot make any mistakes. Like if he's going to, if he's going to find his open man, he's got to find his open man. And, you know, up front, the Marvin Leal, they get after it. Um, so yeah, I, obviously it goes without saying, if, if, if Nix is coming out and he's throwing picks, it's, it's not going to be a it's good over. Day yeah. It's over. Yeah, especially when the crowd gets in it, 110,000 people yelling at you. Absolutely. Hey, today's Locked On SEC and Locked On Auburn uh, brought to you by our friends at McDonald's. Gordy, we love our friends at McDonald's. You know, I, I know me growing up, uh, we'd always go there after like Little League games and we still always stop there on, on road trips. You know, kind of feels comfortable when you're in the middle of nowhere kind of driving across the country. We love McDonald's. You know what you're going to get when you get uh, get in the drive through And so there's a lot of good things going on at McDonald's. I heard you uh, yesterday on Locked On SEC talking about a Locked On SEC watch party at, uh, at McDonald's. I'm all about it. But, uh, of course, yeah, today's show brought to you by McDonald's. They've been proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty and affordable food. It's a place where friends and family from the community can come together. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What other SEC games are you looking at this weekend, man? You know, I mean, in my mind, it's the, um, you know, the the Auburn A&M game is, is the game of the week. But, you know, man, it, I'm... LSU, Alabama, there was a chance this was going to be an 11 a.m. game, and I was kind of hoping it would be because it hasn't been in like 20 years or something. But it's a night game in Tuscaloosa. LSU's going to get killed. I'm actually surprised the spread is 
only 28 and a half. I was thinking it'd be like 31, 32, something like that. I get that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll just be interested to see has LSU fully opened up a can of quit under Coach O, knowing he's a lame duck coach and he's done it at the end of the year, or are they going to put up a battle? I mean, if, I, if I'm if i Coach O and the staff this week, I'm literally running every trick play in the book. Like, I'm, I'm fake field goals. I'm doing everything I can just to try to piss off Alabama and try to make them, you know, keep it close and, and make Saban throw a headset or something. So that'll be a, that'll be an interesting one to watch. Liberty at Ole Miss is, is a really good one. Um, Liberty, maybe not as good as we thought they would be with Hugh Freeze this year. They have a couple losses. Malik Willis, really good quarterback. He can run the ball really well, but I'm curious to see like, this is a, this is a bounce back week for Ole Miss. They've got to bounce back. They have to win this game, but it's no, no pushover by any means. And it's an early 11 a.m. game. So there's a chance, uh, there's a chance this could be a loss for Ole Miss. Um, are you buying the Malik Willis, like first round draft pick hype? I mean, most big boards have him as like the sixth best player in this year's draft class. And it's like, I'm pulling for Malik Willis. You know, yeah. I wish you would have gotten more of a chance while he was at Auburn. Um, but man, like, I, I, I just, I, I don't know. Like a top 10 pick for him. I, I'm skeptical on that one. Well, that's the weirdest thing is when you look at this quarterback class and, you know, the Matt Corral is, is projected by some to be a first round pick. And I, nothing gets Matt Corral. I think he can be an NFL quarterback, but like somebody gonna really take him top 10 in the draft like it just seems a little odd so i don't know if i like any of this quarterback uh crop coming out with the draft next year and so you know god bless any of those teams that are picking top five top 10 in your quarterback steelers texans whoever but uh that'll be interesting to see but uh the other two games i really like this weekend tennessee yeah. at kentucky uh, Tennessee, we know how good they they with that fast start they get. Mm-hmm. One of the hottest scoring teams in the first half, first quarter. So Kentucky's in a in a in a bounce back spot where they need they're looking at their wounds after getting embarrassed by Mississippi State. They got to come back home and figure this thing out. And then Mississippi State and Arkansas just intrigues me from a standpoint of man, if if Mississippi State finds a way to win this game, suddenly we're talking about a Mississippi State team that has really exceeded expectations this season. You know, that would put them at six and three with a chance at eight wins if they win the, the Egg Bowl. So that one's intriguing. And then, you know, on the opposite side, Arkansas, man, we know it's a brutal schedule. They're sitting there at five and three, one mm-hmm. and three in the conference. But if they drop to one and four and this thing's going sideways, like I think we start to look at Sam Pittman and go, man, all the great things we said about you and everybody loves you and all that. Still got to win some games, man. You still got, you know, I don't know if six, seven win season is what people are going to get excited about. So, yeah, I, I think it's a big game for for Arkansas on that side, and then of course Missouri's going to get the the floor wiped with them with Georgia. But the only thing I'll bring up is Tyler Beatty is fun to watch, man. The running back for Missouri just had over 250 yards rushing last week. We, we you mentioned earlier Tank Bigsby had the rushing touchdown on Georgia, and nobody yeah. else has done that. Tyler Beatty's going to have a chance. Like they're going to run the hell out of him. What does Georgia do if this kid keeps coming at him and coming at him and coming out? Does he break one eventually? So. Georgia's going to win big. They're favored by 38, according to Bet Online. But sure. uh, I'll just be curious to see how they, you know, if Tyler Beatty's ever able to have any rushing success against Georgia on Saturday morning. Yeah. Yeah. The one outside of Auburn Nanan that I'm looking forward to the most is Mississippi State and Arkansas. I still, I still don't know about this Mississippi State team. And I guess when I say I don't know, it's like I don't believe it. I don't believe that they're like a top 20 football team, but they may be. They may be, you know, they're the only team 
that has three wins over folks ranked in the CFP. And it's like, okay, that's why they're ranked so high. I mean, that was the biggest shock from, um, from Tuesday night for me when seeing those rankings. But I get it. They really value quality wins, so I understand it. And so, you know, from an Auburn perspective, it's like, okay, Auburn plays Mississippi State next weekend. And, you know, Auburn's got a chance to win against four ranked teams in a row. And so, you know, what does that do to you, you know, as far as, you know, potential top bowls when this is all said and done? But I'm just curious to see, like, is this Mike Leach, Mississippi State thing, like, can it actually work in the conference? Uh, I I agreed with you coming into the season where it's like, uh, Mike Leach may be on the hot seat when this thing's all said and done. Obviously, that's not the case anymore. He's been really, really impressive. I think he's overachieved a ton. But I still, Gordy... I still don't believe it. I still don't believe that it's a legitimate thing that's happening in the conference. Well, a few things here. So Zach Arnett's doing a really good job with that defense. You know, take away the Alabama game. They've right. done a pretty good job defensively. You know, LSU even tried to look at him in the offseason, pull him away from Starkville. But uh, offensively, what Mike Leach was able to do against Kentucky, and it's interesting if you go back and watch the game, um, they, they had a good – you know, the air raid, there's this – contingent of like oh if it's the air raid they're just throwing it 60 times and they don't try to run the ball or whatever what they did was they mixed in the run game this past week and it worked well especially when they got into the red zone and they were able to, to punch it in for three rushing touchdowns and yeah. so that mix that balance of the air raid i mean you know will rogers just had the most accurate game of any sec quarterback over 30 attempts i mean it was unbelievable what was he 36 to 39 or something stupid yeah so, it didn't seem um, real right yeah, and, and I mean, he leads the SEC in passing. No surprise there. It's a Mike Leach offense. You figured that was going to happen. But no, I, they are definitely a threat. And, you know, this could go one or two ways. If they beat Arkansas, man, they're playing with a ton of confidence against Auburn a week later. If they slip up and they lose to Arkansas and lay an egg, maybe this thing starts to spiral a little bit and they finish, you know, they lose three out of the last four or something like that. So that's why I say this weekend is so big for a couple teams. Another one that's big for is Florida. Like, what the hell are you guys doing? Dan Mullen shutting down all his media availabilities <laughs> yeah. the rest of the week and all, and you're going to South Carolina. Shane Beamer's kind of playing with house money. He's going from mm-hmm. Luke Doty to Zeb Nolan to, who, hey, who's next? Who wants to play quarterback? He's got nothing to lose. They, their expectations for this year was, hey, just just make us fun to watch. Sure. So I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see if they start turning the ball over, whether it's Emory Jones or Anthony Richardson, you know, South Carolina's defense at times, they can get after it. So, that Florida may find themselves in a close ball game in Columbia if they're not careful. Do you see that after all the the media press conference debacle in Gainesville, they like put up a job listing for a new SID? Did you see that? No, <laughs> but that's funny. <laughs> There's a new did. SID that's... job listing. So if you're into wow. that, if that's a if that's a field you want to do and you want to move to Gainesville, there you go. There you I go. just know it's this: a... when things go sideways, Zach, it's it never gets better by shutting out access, right? Like. You can meet with the media still, say, I don't really have a comment on that. I don't really have a thought on that. But, man, when you shut them out, they're vultures. Like, they're going to write and trash you. And, you know, it's just it creates more negativity. Put it that way. I've always had the opinion of if there's an opportunity for you to make another person's job easier, you should do it. And when you shut out access to people that have probably had your back for the most part and defended the program for the most part, um you should make their job easier, not harder. And so when you take out that access, yeah, you're making another person's job harder. And I, I just, I have an issue with that just from a, you know, a principal standpoint, but that's just me. And I get what he was saying on the recruiting comment. It, it grabbed headlines because he said, Oh, we'll worry about recruiting at the yeah. end of the season. 
I get what he was saying. Like, I'll address that kind of stuff later on. It's not to say he's not recruiting, but sure. I think that's a, that's a big part of Dan Mullen's maybe lack of successes. He's done okay recruiting, but man, you're at Florida. Miami's down. Florida State's down. You should mm -hmm. be crushing it and putting together top five, top six recruiting classes in Florida every year, every year. And, um, you know, he's not doing that as well, you know, as well as I think he should be. So, um, I don't know. I don't know what the selling point is on Dan Mullen other than he was supposed to be this tremendous big time play caller. Look at what he did with Dak Prescott at Mississippi State. Obviously, we know what he did with Tebow as the right. play caller back in the day. But man, you got two presumably good quarterbacks in Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson, and you're falling on your face week in and week out. It's been ugly. Yeah, no, you're right about it. Hey, you mentioned a few of those lines, courtesy of our friends at Bet Online. Dot ag tell folks how they can sign up and um why it's the best place in the world to uh to place your sports bets well it's it's your number one source for all things uh betting action and of course basketball is about to start up i know some bruce pearl fans out there oh, excited to see yeah. what this auburn team is going to look like and bet online they got all your action every saturday i'm going on there looking at the line seeing we do we do a little thing zach we look early in the week at what the lines look like and then we go back and look on friday saturday morning and see what the line movement's been and normally you're getting a couple of these games shifting and so it's always fun to see if you whether you place your bets on a monday or you're doing it on a saturday morning just before the games start make sure you do it at betonline.ag your number one source for all things betting absolutely all right so gordy uh, a few minutes left um, I just kind of want to get your thoughts while I've got you as you cover the, you know, cover the SEC from a, you know, a bird's eye view. Harson, what are your thoughts on this guy? I mean, he continues to win people over a little bit more every single week and, you know, just the, the little things and the way he handles the media and the way he talks publicly. And now, you know, the, there's videos uh, popping up all over the place that they're like, post-game celebration where the whole team's like throwing water on each other and all that stuff, waiting for their coach to get in there. You, from an SEC standpoint, what do you think about Brian Harson so far? I think he has a chance to be one of the better hires, at least in recent years in the SEC. Um, you know, when, we, when he first got hired, you looked at the track record. You know, I, I talked with a guy from Boise State that night who raved about him said they, they loved him there they didn't want to see him go but they understood it uh and then we heard him talk and it was like does this guy even have a personality like he's just very dry you know sure. almost like gus in a way like gus at times was just so dry to hear Ugh. but ultimately none, none of that stuff matters if you can if you can win on the field and have success on the field and so really outside of the you know the vaccine thing that took off about two weeks ago like He's been he's done everything right. I mean, outside of the you know, and then the firing the the assistant coach after the loss, but that's a move that looks like it's worked out well and, and was right. was a good move. And it seems like this team has responded. And again, I think he is letting his his coaches coach. And I say that because not everybody does that. Not every you know, a lot of these head coaches like to be a little bit of a dictator. They like to meddle. They like to have their hands in things. And it seems like Harson, whether it's him sitting with down with Bobo at the start of the week and saying, here's our game plan, whatever. He's letting him run the offense and doing a good job. And then, of course, we know what uh, Derek Mason's doing with the defense has been much improved. So, yeah, man, right now he gets a passing grade. And, you know, he's, in my mind, one of the better offseason hires so far. When you look even just around all college football, Sarkeesian's kind of been stubbing his toe at Texas. Everybody sure. thought that's all oh, home run hire. Yeah, well, I look did. at Texas. Yeah. 
losing to Baylor, losing to Arkansas. I mean, they're losing games left and right. But Brian Harson, man, he just seems to be responding here. And that, you know, look, I, I thought he put up as good of a fight as you could against Georgia. Everybody knows how dominant they are. But outside of that, man, you just wish they could have somehow pulled off that Penn State win because you'd be sitting really pretty right now. You're right. You're absolutely right. The uh, the uh, a narrative earlier this week in Sports Talk Radio throughout Alabama was potential SEC Coach of the Year. Do you think he could possibly do that, or do you think you know they got to give it to Kirby considering you know how dominant Georgia's been? Yeah, I mean, in, in my mind, when we when we do the Coach of the Year stuff. It's always got to be what were the expectations. And coming into the year, we expected Georgia to kill it. Like, right. you know, somebody said this a while back, like Nick Saban could really win it every year if we're just going based off performance, right? Mm-hmm. Because Alabama's always good and they always um, are right up there and either undefeated or one loss. But you know, if we're just talking about teams that have exceeded our expectations, I think Georgia, I, I mean, I think uh, Kentucky and Mark Stoops, Granted, that that took a little bit of a dip this past week and losing like they did to Mississippi State. I think, you know, I don't know if he'll get many votes, but Josh Heupel just taking what he had at Tennessee and making them relevant. Like, that's that's been incredible yeah. uh, to see that offense with all the pieces they lost. Like, that's been, that's been interesting. But, yeah, I don't know how you can't go with Brian Harson as kind of the in the driver's seat for Coach of the Year in my mind just because, again, I can't, I can't go Kirby because – we expected them to be this good. We expected Georgia to be in the co- in the college football playoff hunt. Nobody expected Auburn to be sitting there second in the West at this point in the year. Does Mike Leach crack that conversation at all? We just talked about how we both thought he would get fired at the end of the year. Yeah, he will. I mean, again, he's got to he's got to win a couple more games in my mind. Mm-hmm. But uh, man, if they if he goes into Arkansas and wins there this week, and that team is sitting at, at four and two in the conference and. Um, what six and three overall? Yeah, I, I think Mike Leach is in there. I mean, Kiffin, I think people wanted to, but look at Ole Miss said the way that they've kind of uh started to spiral here. So sure. Um, and then maybe maybe J- if A and M wins out, maybe you consider Jimbo just because he was dealt a rough hand with the quarterback injury, and that's when they took their two losses and all that. But uh, yeah, in my mind, if I did, if I had to give it out, I'd give it to uh, Brian Harson. Sure. No. Locked on Auburn listeners will love that. Gordy, how can people find you and hear you and all that good stuff? Locked on SEC.com, uh, the easiest way, or just search Locked on SEC wherever you find your podcast. We got a uh, an interview up with Joseph Goodman from AL.com. And yes, yeah, sometimes he's a little bit of a little bit of a homer, a little bit of a shield for the Alabama uh, Crimson Tide. But his new book out is called We Want Bama. And uh, it's about Alabama's championship season last year. Sure. Now, the thing is, he t- he's as he tells it, there's actually some good stories in there that, like, if you're just a fan of SEC football, you'll appreciate it because there's some stories told behind the scenes along the way. It's not just for Alabama fans, but sure, if you don't want to read about, you know, if you want to read about Alabama winning a national championship, then, you know, I, I get it if you don't want that. But uh, anyway, got that up with Joseph Goodman. Really good stuff talking with him. Awesome, man. Always enjoy chatting with you, Chris Gordy. I'm Zach Blackerby. You can check out Locked on Auburn every single day on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back tomorrow right here on the Locked on Podcast Network.